night. Hi, Hi. everybody. <laughs> Welcome to your Friday. You're listening to Crooked News, where we bring you crazy news, hilarious history, and the occasional listener story. So please, send us your stories to talkcricket at gmail.com. Yes. Send okay. stories. Right. And also, um, quick thing, I know on Monday... <laughs> Monday of this week in our episode, I said it was September. That's because for us, it's still July. And we now know that it's October. Yeah. <laughs> so, happy spooky Halloween month, everybody. Yes. Um, we've got some themed crooked news that's coming up for you. Yes, we, we kept have... it creepy this yeah, month. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. excited. All right. So, um, I've got an article that's kind of like... Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, it was published. <laughs> I mean, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> it should be interesting. <laughs> it's not like news stories like I normally do. It's like a bunch mm. of different headlines, kind of. Um, okay. So this is from Esquire.com, and it was written by Matt Miller and Lauren Crank, and it was published October 30th, 2019. So uh, these okay. are eight terrifying but true horror stories reported in the news. Ooh, my mic is not wanting to stay where it's supposed to. Sorry. Um. Okay. No, oh, <laughs> it's because it's 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 feeling spooky too. It is. So from, <laughs> from fatal exorcisms to unexplained deaths and devil worship, these are some real life nightmares. Yes, a scary movie or book or show sticks with you once you've finished it, but you can at least rest easy knowing what you've just experienced was a work of fiction. We hate to be the bearers of bad news, but sometimes the real world is as horrifying as anything Stephen King could dream up. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's why I prefer the true stories. Because <laughs> yeah. um, they're so much more fucked up. Yes. Real terror happens around us every day, in our country, our town, or even our backyard. Murders, disappearances, demonic possession, devil worship, these aren't stories from a writer's mind. They're headlines ripped from ripped right from the news. Below <laughs> Below we I'm just gonna make up, ghost noises yes. the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> below we've rounded up some terrifying uh, unexplained stories reported on the news. The first one is a deadly exorcism. Oh, shit. In August 2016 in North London, a 26- What? Mm-hmm. 26-year-old Kennedy Ife began acting strange and aggressive following a pain in his throat. He reportedly bit his father, threatened to cut off his own penis, and complained of a python or snake inside of him before his family restrained him to a bed with cable ties and excessive force. That is insane. Mm-hmm. As the BBC... He threatened to cut off his own dick? Yes. <laughs> oh, no! I mean, I was in some serious pain when I had my tooth pain, and I was close to ripping off my own jaw. Like, I just wanted to but not have not it anymore. But that's ripping out your own <laughs> vagina. Yeah. <laughs> because your throat hurts. Oh, my God. <laughs> As the BBC reported... The family then set about attempting to, quote-unquote, cure Kennedy through restraint and prayer. Also, fucking take him to the hospital. Yeah. Um, through restraint I mean, and prayer someone over the says, next- Someone says they have a snake inside them. I immediately think tapeworm. Like, 
go to the doctor. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, they were attempting to cure Kennedy through restraint and prayer over the next three days, the court was told. His brother, Colin, told police, It's clear that the thing was in him. What we believed was a demon was because it was not natural. It was clearly trying to kill him. We had to restrain him yeah, for... because it was probably a parasite, mm-hmm. and those can are very treatable. Yeah. We had to, <laughs> we had to With restrain... Medicine. Or he was probably having a fucking psychotic break. I don't think he actually yeah. had a tapeworm or snake inside him I mean, or he might... Well, yeah, but, like, check. Mm-hmm. But check. Because, like, he might, and then you know that he needs some, some help, y'all. And a hug. <laughs> well, obviously, <laughs> they're not in the right mind, because in no, 2016, not. their first reaction is, let's exercise him. Let's, <laughs> res- let's tie him to the bed and pray. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, we had to restrain him for himself. It was clear that if we didn't restrain him, he could have tried to harm people in our family. Oh, my God. Kennedy had been bound to his bed for three days without medical attention when his brother called emergency services, explaining that Kennedy Good was job, com- bro. Mm-hmm. Explaining that Kennedy was complaining of hydration. He appeared to have developed breathing issues and was pronounced dead at 10.17 a.m. <gasps> oh, no! What As- was actually wrong with him? Well, we'll see. Does it say? We'll see. Okay, I'm excited. Sorry. Um... So, as the Independent reported, while the police were at the house, Colin allegedly carried out an attempted resurrection by chanting and praying for Mr. Ife. Oh, no. That's sad. All seven of Kennedy Ife's family members were accused of manslaughter, false imprisonment, and causing or allowing the death of a vulnerable adult. A post-mortem examination revealed over 60 wounds, including a possible bite on Kennedy Ife's body, and his father... (gasps) Kenneth Ife, along with four of his brothers, sustained in- injuries as well. Um, From him, I'm mm, guessing? Probably. Yeah. Kenneth Ife told jurors he ordered his sons to take shifts and use overwhelming force, but denied that an association with cults, occults, and secret societies played any part in the death. Um, <clears throat> okay. Okay. So, oh, it doesn't actually tell us what was wrong with him. No! Um, After a four-day jury deliberation, all seven family members were cleared of charges on March 14th, 2019, which is not good. Maybe it was a psychotic break. Yeah. And that's not good. No. You should not have been cleared of charges. You didn't take him to the hospital. Yeah. Hashtag Jesus gave us doctors. Like, (laughs) what are you doing? Oh, God. Ugh! So those the kind next- of, uh, I'm sorry. Those that that angers me. Yeah. <laughs> those kind of people make me so mad. It should because it's fucking stupid. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> like people who are like praying and praying and praying for things to go their way and like, oh, I, God, please let me win the wa- win the lottery. And he's like, you never bought a ticket. <laughs> what are you doing? I can't have you win the lottery if you never buy a ticket. Yeah. Also, like, go find a job. Yeah. Also, like, you know, take him to the hospital. Yeah, like, it's <laughs> it's one thing to pray for a person after you've taken yeah. them to the hospital. After they've received medical attention because, yeah. you know, the Lord made us intelligent enough to develop science. Mm-hmm. For fuck's sake. 
So the next one was super fucked, and it would upset a lot of people, so I'm not going to read it. Um, okay. Okay, but we're going to do Why this Why did you one. even say it, then? Now we all want to know what it is. <laughs> Tantalizing. You're such a tease. Continue. I am. I so- hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but you love it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so this next one is, uh, it happened in Florida, because I have to have a Florida... Uh, thing in here Mm -hmm. so this is florida devil worshiping friends notice that daniel oh god devil worship in florida yes oh no this is gonna be dumb (laughs) (laughs) friends notice that danielle harkins a 35 year old school teacher near saint petersburg florida started acting strangely in june of 2012 Developing Weird an interest, for Florida. Mm-hmm. <laughs> developing an interest in demonic rituals. Soon after, she was arrested for abuse of seven of her former students, as the Tampa Bay <gasps> Times reported. Danielle Harkins told the kids they needed to rid their bodies of demons as the group gathered before dusk Saturday around a small fire near the St. Petersburg Pier. They- what? They should cut their skin to let the evil spirits out, police said she told the children. Then, they needed to burn the wounds to ensure that those spirits would not return. Okay, lady. (laughs) When Harkins held a lighter to one teen's hand, wind blew the flame out, police said. That prompted her to douse his hand in perfume before setting it on fire. (gasps) No! The boy suffered second-degree burns. Another teen was cut on the net with... Cut on the neck with a broken bottle, police said. Harkins used a flame to what heat a small fuck? key. Mm-hmm, which she then used to cauterize the wound. Oh my god. The police were notified because a friend of one of the students who participated in the ritual raised alarms. However, none of the students themselves told their parents about the event or would comment following the arrest of Harkins for aggravated battery and child abuse. You... Oh my yeah, goodness. because your abuser tells you not to tell anybody. Well, yeah, and <clears throat> kid logic is not real logic. Yeah. <laughs> investigators, uh, NBC reported, investigators said they've spoken to Harkins, but she didn't spell out what type of religion would require such drastic measures. She hasn't informed us exactly what she was trying to accomplish with this. Um, I'm pretty sure Christianity did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's called bloodletting yeah. and it's old as fuck and when they didn't know what was wrong with you they cut you open and bled you and carterized the wound to let the evil vapors out yes <laughs> that used to be called medicine <laughs> it's no longer medicine <laughs> it's not medicine anymore it's called a red flag <laughs> um. it's called somebody's off their meds honey oh yeah. no So, this next one is my favorite. Or is on a power trip and is an abuser. So, yeah. yeah. More Uh, likely that. Yeah. So, this next one is my favorite. Yay! Um, This person... This is the death of Elisa Lamb. And... Oh, I know this one. Yeah. Yeah. She has a Tumblr that is, like, still active on the site. So, I followed it. Um, Ooh, creepy. Yeah. And, and, like, I've looked through it, and, like, she's... She was just 
a normal person, like, she was a person who suffered from mental disorders. She had bipolar. Yeah, she had yeah. bipolar disorder, didn't she? Yeah. yeah, I think so. But, like, it, it was... It was like I was looking through, like, one of my friend's blogs or something, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah. So, Elisa Lamb was last seen on January 31st, 2013, in the lobby of the Cecil Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. She was vacationing through the West Coast, documenting the trip on her blog, and checking in with her parents every day. On January 31st, Aww. those calls stopped. Lamb sounds had- like me. That's, like, exactly what I would do. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Lamb had vanished. Soon the police were involved and her parents arrived to help with the search. They had nothing. That February, LAPD released elevator surveillance footage of Lamb before her disappearance. The footage shows Lamb behaving strangely in the elevator, appearing to talk with invisible people, peering around the corner of the door, crouching in the corner, and opening and closing the door. But what exactly is going on in the video raises more questions than answers. Theories range from psychotic episodes, to demonic possession, to unknown assailants just out of the camera's view. The video is creepy as shit. Um, A lot of people think that she was probably playing what's called the elevator game. Um, I'm not going Mm. to tell you how to play it. Um, I'm not convinced on that. No. Sorry, like... It's like playing Bloody Mary, like, mm-hmm. when you're little and when you go, like, look in the mirror in the darkness. Like, yeah. why are you doing that? But just just don't do it. Like, it's yeah. really easy. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, it's, I don't know, that shit makes, makes me really, that's the kind of thing that gets me really skeptical. Yeah. Any of it, the, <sighs> any of the quote-unquote paranormal games, don't play them. Because you're fucking with demons, is what you're doing. Um, like, <sighs> the bath game, too, is fucking, like, they're all fascinating. I'd love to try them, but that is, Not, no. Just don't do that. Why no. would you do it? Like, it, it's only going to bring you destruction. Is That's all it's going to do. Don't fucking do it. Or it's going to confuse people and people are going to think you're playing an elevator game when you're either having a psychotic break or some a, a person murdered you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you well, know, I'm, just like. I'm not saying. Just no, yeah, I'm not saying no that someone point. didn't murder her or that she wasn't having I'm a psychotic break. I'm not saying break. that. <laughs> I'm I just saying that. that's one of the things. I know that. I'm just saying it. It. It, it complicates the discussion. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, around that time, hotel guests started reporting weird things happening with the Cecil Hotel water supply. As CNN reports, the shower was awful, said Sabina Bow, who spent eight days there during the investigation. When you turned the tap on, the water was coming black first for two seconds. That's so disgusting. And then it was going back to normal. That's so disgusting. Yep. Oh. The tap water tasted horrible, Bow said. It had a very funny, sweetie disgusting taste it was a this very is the, like this is the part that grosses me out the most about this entire case is mm-hmm. that there were other people staying in this hotel that didn't know they were showering in dead body juice yeah well you, uh, you ruined it <laughs> everyone knows this story come on sorry spoiler alert it's fine continue oh my god <laughs> 
Um, so it had a very funny, uh, sweet, disgusting taste. It's a very strange oh, taste. So I can gross. barely describe it. But for a week, they never Ugh. complained. We never thought anything of it. We just thought it was the way it was here. For a week? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> on the morning of February 19th, a hotel employee climbed to the roof and used a ladder to investigate the hotel's w- water storage tanks. Because people were complaining, I'm guessing? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. where authorities found the decomposing naked body of Lamb, whose personal items were found nearby. After, Yuck. After an autopsy, her death was labeled accidental. Um, NBC Los Angeles reported at the time about the strange circumstances in the hotel's past. The tank has a metal latch that can be opened, but authorities said access to the roof is secured with an alarm and lock. The single-room occupancy hotel has an unusual history. Night stalker Richard Ramirez, who was found guilty of 14 slayings in the 1980s, lived on the 14th Mm -hmm. floor for several months in 1985. And international serial killer Jack Underweger is suspected of murdering three prostitutes during the time he lived there in 1991. He killed himself in jail in 1994. In 1962, a female occupant jumped out of one of the hotel's windows, killing herself and a pedestrian on whom she landed. And also, it's thought that this is the last place where the Black Dahlia was seen alive. Yeah, um, there's a lot of shit with the Cecil Hotel. Yeah. We could do a full episode Yeah, on they, each one of them. They had to rename the hotel. Like, they tried to rebrand it, and it's still... Yes. Like, people still but call it But everyone knows. Cecil. Yeah. You, yeah. Um, everyone knows. Yeah. And the thing is that... A lot of times with outdoor crimes and stuff like that, there's not a lot of evidence, so mm-hmm. we don't know. She could have, she could have had some kind of episode, psychotic episode, and fallen in, and then been like, "Oh fuck," and then couldn't get out. Mm-hmm. Someone could have pushed her in. You don't know. We don't know I, because we I think don't someone, have enough evidence. I think someone had to have pushed her in. I think somebody pushed her in. I I, 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 think- I tend to towards that, but I think it was a hotel employee because they knew how to stay out of sight of the camera. And they, yeah, and they, they had to get past the lock and the alarm and someone had to open that tank because she couldn't have done it. But there have been, um, I've seen a couple of YouTube things on this. There's, Mm -hmm. there's people that have gone all the way up to the roof and the alarm and no one stopped them and nobody, the the door was not alarmed. Like the, the, the alarm was not armed and shit like that. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, the door has an alarm, but if it's not armed and people... Because the staff goes up there to smoke or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not... We, we Your security's not tight, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we can't... We can't... We can't rely on that as, yeah. as, as evidence, you know? I know, so but it's, it, I also... It's rough. Yeah. I also think it had to have been a hotel employee. Oh, I agree. I'm just saying the alarm... Yeah. ...doesn't necessarily point to that because i i did specifically see that there's this place has been investigated a lot and because mm-hmm. this story is so fascinating um i just remember specifically seeing footage of people like proving that the alarm is bullshit yeah but that doesn't mean that there wasn't somebody up there already mm-hmm. or that somebody didn't still take her up there and say hey let's go look at the stars or whatever yeah and then assault her and throw her in the water tank which is the most disgusting place to throw someone in a water in because mm-hmm. now everyone's drinking, like I said, dead body juice. Ugh. Ugh. 
Instead a corpse of in water is juice. not great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's dead body. There's juice. a great there's a great bu- BuzzFeed unsolved on this. Yes. Dubs. Yes, there is. Um <clears throat> So this next one is an exorcism in Indianapolis. So last, Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> last year, the Indianapolis Star published a lengthy report on a family terrorized by three children allegedly possessed by demons. The account of Latoya... So they were three-year-olds. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm just kidding. (laughs) The account of Latoya Ammons and her family tells disturbing stories of children climbing up the walls, getting thrown across rooms, and children threatening doctors in deep, unnatural voices. It would seem like something straight out of a movie. A work of fantasy, except all of these accounts were more or less corroborated with nearly 800 pages of official records obtained by the Indianapolis Star. And recounted in more than a dozen interviews with police, DCS personnel, psychologists, family members, and a Catholic priest. One of the more chilling sections of the report includes a segment about the possessed nine-year-old. According to Washington's original DCS report, an account corroborated by Walker, the nurse, the nine-year-old had a weird grin and walked backward up a wall to the ceiling. Uh, nope. Hard pass. (laughs) He then flipped over Campbell, landing on his feet. He never let go of his grandmother's hand. No. Another segment of the piece reads... The 12-year-old would later tell mental health professionals that she sometimes felt as if she were being choked and held down so she couldn't speak or move. She said she heard a voice say she'd never see her family again and wouldn't live another 20 minutes. No. Uh, No. My phone was freezing. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, that was that story. That's terrifying. Yeah. Um, Also, my worst nightmare. (laughs) Yes. And why I'm terrified of my baby monitor. <laughs> like, video baby monitors are of the devil. Like, <laughs> yes. I know, especially because mine has two way communication, too, because I'm an idiot. Oh. I don't want to be awoken by mama coming through that thing and then, like, look and see my kid's face right up against the camera. I will throw it across the room. Oh. The monitor, not the baby. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Uh. Okay. I don't want to see something in there. I don't, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> Paranormal activity terrified. It, like, ruined me. Yeah. The whole, this. I think it's the second one, right? Yeah. Yeah, the second one. I haven't seen it, but I saw the preview of, mm-hmm. like, just, like, the door opening and then, like, the dog starts barking. Fuck yeah. that. I was out. I was out. <laughs> Immediately, oh, I was like, I'm never so watching good. this movie. Oh, it's no, so good. No, it's not. It is. No. It no. is. They all come together. You're a sadistic fuck. Really oh, my God. Cool. Yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, so, okay, Utah murder-suicide. In September of 2014, a Utah teen returned to his home to find his parents and three siblings dead. In a notebook, a to-do list had been scribbled on the pages. The list looked as if the parents were readying to go on vacation. Items such as feed the pets and find someone to watch after the house were written, the Salt Lake Tribune reported. It appeared to be murder-suicide, but there was no suicide note, no prior indication Uh. that they would do this, no explanation. Uh. Police could not figure out why two parents would kill themselves and three of their four children. For a year. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. 
For a year, no one knew exactly what happened to the family or what would drive the parents to do something so unthinkable. In January, police released more chilling details in the case. According to accounts from family members in an investigation by police, the parents were driven by a belief that the apocalypse was coming and obsession with the convicted killer. As the Washington Post reported, friends and family told police that the parents were worried about the evil in the world and wanted to escape a pending apocalypse. But most This sounds kind of like a folly ado. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? Yep. But most assumed that they just wanted to move somewhere off the grid. Investigators also found letters written by Christy Strack to one of the state's most infamous convicted killers, Dan Lafferty, who was convicted in the 1984 fatal stabbing of his sister-in-law and her one-year-old daughter. According oh, to, shit! Mm-hmm, according to trial testimony, he killed the victims at the order of his brother, Ron Lafferty, who claimed to have had a revelation from God. The story became a book called, the, oh. called Under the Banner of Heaven. Uh, police, no. Mm-hmm. Police said Christy Strack became friends with Dan Lafferty, and she and her husband even visited him in prison. No. And this next one is going to be the last one. It's very short. Um, and the one after that is The Watcher, and we've already discussed that on here, so we're not going to do it again. Um, um, oh, shit. I was going to say something. Oh, a folia do for those of you who don't know. Sorry, um, I just kind of threw that term out because Kay and I both know what it is. It's the madness of two. It's French for the madness of two, but it's a, it's a psychological term for when people. Um, it's 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 a madness that's shared between two people that generally springs up when two people are kind of isolated together in their beliefs. Uh huh. Um, and then they flip out about something that's not real. Yeah. So like, uh, the most famous case was a um those those the twins that were um. You know, like, bullied in school and all that stuff, and they just, like, would only socialize with each other, and they had their own language and mm-hmm. all this stuff, and one of them ends up dying. They were, like, connected. It was really crazy. They're, they're, yeah. Look it up. There's some there's some crazy shit. We should do an episode on that. Oh, For sure. Yes. That needs to go on the... That needs to go on the list because that's one of my favorite things. Well, you go it's put that on there because they have no idea. Yeah. They have yeah. no idea what causes it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just nuts, but, um... Yeah, so this is, that's because it was the husband and wife together in this, like, weird belief thing. It just kind of makes me think maybe we had a, a bit of a folly ado situation going on here. Yeah, probably. <clears throat> so this last one. Because they're, like, feeding off each other. Yeah. So this last one is called the phone stalker. Um, Ooh, I hate it. I hate it already. Oh, my God. I'm so <laughs> excited, though. <laughs> In 2007, ABC <coughs> News documented a series of cell phone calls to families with terrifyingly specific death threats. The, ide- <laughs> the unidentified callers knew exactly what families were doing and what they were wearing. <coughs> the families Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> the families say the calls come in at all hours of the night, threatening to kill their children, their pets, and grandparents. Voicemails arrive, playing recordings of their private conversations, including one with a local police detective. The caller knows, the family said, what they're wearing and what they're doing, and after months of investigating, police seem powerless to stop them. This, oh no! This went on with the Koikinal family for months, who reported a caller with a scratchy voice threatening to slit their throats. When the Fearcrest Washington Gross. police tried to find the culprit, the calls were traced back to the 
Quakendall's own phones, even when they were turned <gasps> off. It's coming from inside the house. Yes. <laughs> it got worse. The Quakendalls and two other Fearcrest families told ABC News that they believe the callers are using their cell phones to spy on them. They say the hackers know their every move, where they are, and what they're doing, and what they're wearing. The callers... Oh, I hate it. Um, uh, but yeah. So yeah, that's, that was the story of the phone Oh! Oh no! Isn't that crazy? That's so crazy. But yeah. Oh! Oh! (laughs) I don't know how to spell folly ado, so I did my best. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That was terrifying. Okay. Great job. Thanks. Kept it spooky. All right. Let's take a break. Okay. Because I have to pee. <laughs> We're <Hi>. back. Hi. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So we... Uh-oh. That is not what I wanted. Okay. Uh, we are going to keep it spooky over here. Yes. And, um, I found a really fun article about curses. <laughs> nice. Woot woot. So, of course, this is from Ranker. Um, this is written by Chase Christie, updated February of 2020. Um, so, uh, this is 11 famous historical families with eerie curses you can't deny. Ooh, nice. Ooh. So, we may not go through all 11, but figured it, we would talk about a few. So, yeah. uh, there's a few I didn't know about, so... Let's see. So the Kennedy curse. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. So the Kennedy curse is one of the most documented cases of a family curse. I'm so um, excited. Headache. Heart. I said headache. Heartache <laughs> and tragedy <laughs> span through generations of the Kennedy family tree. In the late 1940s, Joseph Kennedy Jr. and Kathleen Kennedy Cavendish both perished in plane crashes. Rosemary Kennedy struggled for years with developmental issues, leading to tra- to a tragic lobotomy. Oh, that only made things worse because that's what lobotomies do. Yeah. Uh, before passing in 2005. I love the name Rosemary, by the way. I do too. Um, <clears throat> John F. Kennedy was supposed to turn the family's luck around. Oh, and most were optimistic when he became president. Mm. However... His presidency ended in catastrophe when Lee Harvey Oswald fatally shot him in 1963. We all saw that coming, right? Yep. Five years after JFK's assassination, a lone gunman named Saran Saran murdered his younger brother, Robert Kennedy, in Los Angeles. Two of Robert Kennedy's children perished in tragic incidents, one in the 80s of a drug overdose and another in the 90s of on a skiing mishap. Oh. That's terrifying. Um... <clears throat> Did they fall off a mountain? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Additionally, in 1999, John F. Kennedy Jr., JFK's son, lost his life alongside his wife and sister-in-law in in another plane crash. Oh, my God. They can't catch a break. No. All right, so let's talk about the Grimaldi family, who is apparently cursed by witches. Ooh, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. That makes it extra spooky. Yes. It's really hard to hold your phone to read your article, hold your microphone in your hand, and get a drink of water. Yes. Tis. (laughs) But I'm managing it. All right. Mm -hmm. Uh, 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 uh. All right, here we go. 
Grimaldi was once one of the most powerful families in Genoa. I don't know where Genoa is. I think it's a place in Italy. Monaco? I think it... I don't know. Eventually becoming lords of Monaco in the 15th century. In the 13th century, however... So we're going way back here. Ooh. <clears throat> in the 13th century, however, a witch supposedly cursed the Grimaldi name as recompense for a vicious act committed by Lord Rainier, Rainier I. According to the legend, he raped a young girl and she later learned the ways of witchcraft. There you go. Good girl. She used her knowledge, she used her knowledge of the of the dark arts to ensure that no Grimaldi would ever find happiness in marriage. Good. The curse may have hang on. They didn't all rape her. <laughs> this curse may have manifested into something far more sinister, considering that Princess Grace, the wife of Prince Rainier the second, passed in a nineteen eighty two car crash. Her daughter, Stephanie, who survived the incident, endure- endured one fa- failed marriage and several other failed relationships later in life. Grace's other daughter, Caroline, also had a tumultuous love life with an early divorce, a second husband who died in a speedboat accident, and a third husband, a prince with a reputation for aggression and medical problems. Ah, uh, yes. So That's he beats you, marry. and he's expensive because because <laughs> <laughs> he he has to go to the doctor all the time. Genoa is actually it's I guess it's Genova now, but it's um. A city in Italy. Oh, okay. I, I know that right. because um, my new pharmacy is called Genoa. And, like, when I tried to look it up, it just took me to that city. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I, the way that they had phrased it, it sounded like it was a country or something. So. Okay. The Von Eirich family curse. Okay. All right. So, in... In the 1950s, wrestler Jack Atkinson created his sinister alter ego, Fritz von Eirich. Ooh. Eric? Eirich? Eric? I, I don't know. I think it would be Eirich. And be- well, that. it's E-R-I-C-H? Eirich. Eric? I don't know. Sure. And began what would... There's no way to know. And began what would become a successful career in the sport. The von Eirich family curse began during this time. So in 1959, when Jack's six-year-old son was lost in a bizarre electrical accident, knocked unconscious by a short circuit in his family's trailer park, he fell into a puddle and drowned. That's insane. That's some, like, Final Destination shit right there. Jack's remaining sons went on to become successful wrestlers, though they, too, suffered unfortunate fates. David died suddenly in 1984 at age 26 during a wrestling tour in Japan, reportedly from acute enteritis of the upper intestine, though he was rumored to have mixed alcohol with a bottle of sleeping pills. So it's either he died of this, like, medical issue or he, like, basically killed himself. Um... Mike, after after shoulder surgery in 1985, contracted toxic shock syndrome, which he narrowly survived. He suffered from an altered mental state and sunk into a poor mental health, and he ended his own life in 1987 at the age of just 23. It's terrible. In 1986, Carrie was wounded in a motorcycle incident that led to the eventual amputation of his foot. 
After struggling with pain and drug addiction for years, he took it, he took his life in 1993 at age 33. So there's a lot of suicide happening. Yeah. Very, very sad. Um, the youngest son, Chris, dealt with numerous health issues, which ultimately overwhelmed him, and he, too, ended his own life at age 22 in 1991. Six years later, Jack succumbed to cancer of the, bla- of the brain and lungs. Doris, their mother, passed at age 82 in 2015. Kevin is the only surviving member of the family. Oh, my God. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's a legit curse right there. It is. (laughs) All right. The Nepalese royal family curse. All right. Nepal. You ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Let's see how how well I can pronounce these these names. (laughs) So in 2001, Prince Dipendra of the royal family of Nepal shot his parents and eight other people before turning his gun on himself. Dipendra was crowned king by default while in a coma but soon passed. As the 10th generation of the royal family, Dipendra's death marked an eerie manifestation of Goran... Gor... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Garaknath's? Garaknath's curse. So Garaknath was a yogi in the, ni- in the 11th century who supposedly possessed supernatural powers. Ooh. He protected Gorka, the kingdom from which King... Gyanendra? Sure. King Gyanendra's forefathers originated. Legend claims that the first king of a unified Nepal, Prithvi Narayan Shah, once came into contact with a holy man who offered him some food that he refused. The king's disrespect caused the holy man to curse Shah, telling him his line would fall after ten generations. Oh. And it did. Dun, dun, dun. That's why you accept food and say thank you and then quietly throw it away. It's the law of hospitality. Yep. Uh, Okay, let's do a couple more. So, um... Arthur Guinness. So I think we're talking about beer. Yes, we're talking about beer. Okay. So Arthur Guinness was born in Kildare, Ireland in 1725 and crafted the beer that forged both his legacy and fortune in 1759. Oh my God, I would kill for a Guinness right now. After he married, I love it so much, Mm -hmm. from the tap, not a can. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk about silky smooth. Mm -hmm. After he married... Guinness and his wife had 21 children. Jesus Christ, you don't need that many. In case anyone was wondering, that's too many. (laughs) That poor woman's vagina. Yeah. When you're in the double digits, you need to quit. We need to calm down. Yeah. Because it was the 1700s, so it was like, we have to have a bunch, because a bunch of them are going to die, and that's what happened. So, um, <clears throat> he and his wife had 21 children. At least we knew they were fucking. My God. Yeah. Um, 11 of whom, tragically, never reached adulthood. Whisper- it was probably all the Guinness they were drinking. Um, <laughs> Not that killed them, but yeah. that fueled their steamy bedroom. Um, yeah. Whispers of a curse surrounding the Guinness family began when members began suffering from addiction and perishing in unusual ways. <gasps> Ooh. 
So some of Guinness's grandchildren fell into alcoholism or were committed to psychiatric institutions. In, in 1944, extremists killed Guinness's descendant, Lord Moyne. In 1966, Tara Brown, the 21-year-old heir to the brewery, was in a fatal car crash. In 1978, Lady Henrietta Guinness jumped off a bridge. Oh. The same year, Dennis Guinness, that's a terrible name. <laughs> Who would, you don't name your child something that rhymes with their last name. <laughs> That's a bad call. Yeah, that, I would overdose too, dude. Those hated him. That's <laughs> not really okay. They really just hated him. <laughs> That's a dick move. Okay, Dennis Guinness was found. <laughs> That's so sad. This is really sad. Poor Dennis. <laughs> this is really sad, and I can't say his name without giggling. So he, he was... He was found dead from an overdose while a car wreck killed one of John Gen- John Guinness's sons. Another Guinness relation, Olivia Channon, Channon? Cannon? Suffered a fatal drug overdose in 1986. Robert Hesketh married in- married to a Guinness, <clears throat> excuse me, married to a Guinness descendant also passed from an overdose in 2004. I don't think he counts. No. Because he's not blood, but whatever. But I bet they're all suffering from overdoses and, like, addiction issues because Guinness is a beer that maybe a lot of alcoholics are addicted to. I mean, it might be. It's very heavy, though. It's not really one you can drink a lot of. Yeah. But they are all heirs and heiresses, and when you get bored, that does open open you up to looking for other ways. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Other ways to fill your day, kind of. Yeah. So, a lot of rich people get are more prone to addiction and things like that because they just have time. Yeah. You know? Time and money. Yeah. Um, ooh, these people were cursed twice. Ooh. Uh-oh. So, the House of Habsburg suffered at the hands of two alleged curses. One curse originated with a gift centuries ago when Count von Altenburg built a sanctuary for ravens where the Habsburg castle was to stand. When the Habsburg family made renovations to the castle, it upset the ravens. The birds began attacking. Yeah, the birds began attacking members of the family, leading the family to eradicate the birds. That's not cool. They lived there. Um... Ravens are very intelligent, too. So from then on, the legend states that a raven is always spotted before a tragedy befalls a member of the Habsburg family. That's creepy and cool. Nevermore. (laughs) Um, (laughs) In another legend, Countess Caroli Caroli placed a second curse on the family after the Countess's son, who belonged to a group of rebels, was slain in the authority of Francis Joseph the ruler of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Francis Joseph's wife was slain. His son took his own life, and his nephew Franz Ferdinand was assassinated, leading to the start of World War One. Oh. <gasps> Look at that. It comes full circle. <laughs> it goes all the way to the top. Yes. Oh, man. Okay, so let's do this one. Uh, last one. Okay. Clarence Edmonds... Hemingway oh. died by his own hand at his home in 1928. 
His would be the f only the first in a series of self-inflicted deaths within the Hemingway family tree. His son, Ernest Hemingway, who we all know mm -hmm. and love, um, <laughs> love or hate, whichever you, whichever you claim, um, also claimed his own life at age 62. Ernest's other younger brother, Leicester, Leicester, ooh, that's a name, mm -hmm. took his uh, took his life in 1982. Their sister Ursula suffered a fatal overdose in 1966, and their granddaughter of Ernest Hemingway, actor and author Mariel Hemingway, was born after er after Ernest's death. Mariel grew up with alcoholic parents, but she managed to make a name for herself and pursues a healthy lifestyle to keep mental illness at bay. So good for Mariel. Good. Rising above. Mariel's mother, Byra, passed from cancer in, in 1988. Her older sister, Margot, fought depression and addiction throughout her life, and her drug dependence ultimately led to her overdose at age 41. I love the name Mariel. Me too. It's spelled in the French way, too. Mm. It's M-A-R-G-A-U-X. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a beautiful way to spell Margot. Um, Mariel explores her family's grim legacy in a memoir and a documentary film, but it doesn't say what they're called. But that's really cool. Yeah. And I think we're done. Nice. Oh, the Gettys. Let's talk about the Gettys real fast. Yeah. It's very quick. That one's weird um, because Balthazar Getty is... An actor. <laughs> so, um, in 19, like currently. So, in 1957, J. Paul Getty found oil in the Middle East's neutral zone. There's a dollop on this, you guys. Okay. Um, which ballooned his bank account to 10 digits. Unfortunately, all that money couldn't save him from a life of tragedy. He lived through the self inflicted end of his oldest son and the overdose of his daughter in law. Further, Getty's grandson, J. Paul Getty III, was kidnapped as a teenager by Italian gangsters in 1973. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And in 1981, a drug overdose and stroke left Getty III partially blind, paralyzed, and unable to speak. The Holy alleged curse shit. reared its head again in 2015 when Andrew Getty, another grandson, died mysteriously. And again, if you guys want more info on that, there is... Um, there is a really good dollop about it. Oh, there's so there's oh the Rockefellers. They're just there's a lot. It's really fun. Yeah. So I curses are fun. So there's um, another um family curse that I recently learned about. Um, Jackie Chan's family was cursed. Really? Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. He. That's cool. Yeah. There's lots of curses to research, guys. <laughs> uh, uh, Lacey right, Masquerade well, has a wonderful video on like family curses that are just cool. so fascinating. Yeah. Well, that's neato burrito. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys. Please stay safe this Halloween. We're gonna keep it spooky all month for you guys, mm -hmm. and um, at least on Fridays. And remember, you are not a monster. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcricket.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Cricket, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Cricket. To keep the shots coming, access ex exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. 
You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.